Jordan Love, wow. That was, that's about all I can say. Pete is wow. He is, he, he is, he's a dude. He is a real dude. That was fun. Let's go now, a little life out here. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's the Diddy NFL. Of course, follow the group at UK I Everyone's in the nip. If you're not in the nip, I was in the nip. You're in the nip. We're in the nip. We're all in the nip together. Those ladies were in the nip. What a game. What a game. What a future. The past. Look, this is a just... A, I'm getting straight into it, by the way. Uh, because I was going to get on and do a podcast last night, but it was far too late and I was vibrating in the spot. I was going around the house. I was shouting yes. I'm surprised my voice is still in any way serviceable. This game, this, it's where to start. Where to start? This franchise. It's hard not to get carried away, obviously. And we know the, the phrase I've been saying all the time is we're playing on house money. You know, we're, we're coming into the playoffs um, we never were never expected to get here. Uh, the stuff that was stacked up against this fan base. But the one thing, and I've, I've seen people remark about it, right? Social media and Packers fandom was an unbelievably toxic place to be. And from running a fan club and having to get the comments that we did, it, it's just like the weight has been lifted. And I know this is all hyperbole and all the sports bros don't want to talk about feelings. And I'm Irish, so I'm surprised that I'm even going down this road. But it's just incredible how euphoric it is to be a Packers fan again. And this is, and again, anyone listening whose team is struggling and my brother-in-law is a Commanders fan and he always says, look, you really don't know how lucky you are to have it. And I saw a joke that says like, oh, I can't wait to tell my grandkids about the minor blip in quarterback play we had in October 2023 you know just that sort of because there wasn't a whole lot to sort of write home about and how easy do we have it and all of this but I think that undersells and underplays exactly what the Packers fan base has been going through for the last couple of years you know and I think it stretches as far back as McCarthy you know because back then it was Rogers throwing his toys out of the pram and throwing McCarthy under the bus after that Buffalo game and then he gets sacked and Philbin comes in and then he goes and you know and it's just the structure changes and then everyone starts to become wary of Gudekunst because Ted Thompson and even Ted Thompson's exit was controversial and you know he was around but he wasn't well and there was that and then there was trying to change the locker room and I wonder does it go back even further to the O-line and Josh Sitton and TJ Lang and clearing out the negativity and it all started to get a bit ropey and, you know, then LaFleur comes in, but the structure changes and then people are looking at Gudekunst wondering, oh, what does he know? You know, and then they start questioning Mark Murphy and they question Brian Gudekunst and they're questioning LaFleur. And then LaFleur gets in and the rumours are that Rogers is not going to get along with him because he's a diva and all of this. And Rogers, in typical fashion, the best way... You know, to try get him to get on side is to say that he's offside, and then he'll get on side to be offside to your on side. So he gets on board and he gets behind the floor offense, but then inevitably that starts to stagnate. And then there's the will he, won't he, will she, won't she, Ross and Rachel thing of are they going to pay Rogers? Are they not going to pay Rogers? Does he want to play? 
you know, he doesn't want to do certain activities and he starts to dictate what he does want to do and he doesn't want to do the off-season, he doesn't want to do the pre-season, he, you know, doesn't like team practices with other teams and it seemed like he was the disgruntled employee and I'm not dumping on Rodgers here, right? I completely get the context of everything he's done for the Packers and all of this kind of stuff, but it is very telling and I did this from my personal account because I didn't want to bring the group account into it because some people just don't get the joke. But I put out from my personal account, Aaron Rodgers wasted some of LaFleur's prime, right? And there was mixed bag. There's some people saying, you know, that's out of order, but also you're right. And then other people are like, oh, the Rodgers slander, I won't stand for it as if I need you to stand for anything. You know, and it's just, what do I mean by that? Well, first off, it's funny. I'm like Bruce Willis and Friends. I said it because it just came to me, right? But aside from that, you know, it's like that Marshawn Lynch thing on our Instagram. You know, he's repeating himself and it sounds asinine and it sounds juvenile when really it can actually go deeper than you think it is. And it's only when I thought about it, you know, because that whole narrative of, oh, we're wasting Rogers prime was so ridiculous because, and we've broken it down before, that when you look at those playoff games, just how they ended in fire and yes we had Devontae Adams and yes he was worth going to again and again he's a future Hall of Famer in my eyes sensational Roger is future Hall of Famer sensational but I'm just saying the whole situation was ludicrous that somehow we owed Aaron Rodgers a Super Bowl and we didn't give him that and we didn't give him the other and they'd look at Tom Brady and they'd look at Aaron Rodgers and they'd look at his defense and they'd look at his defense and you know the narratives got played out and when it started to progress it got more and more obnoxious, this whole thing that we somehow owed Aaron Rodgers something. He was heavily, highly paid. And he was more and more unlikely and unwilling to do things as time went on. Now, why am I banging on about Aaron Rodgers and the toxicity that became the Packers? It's because on social media now, it's the first time in a very, very long time, I find, and other people are saying it as well, that that weight has been lifted. Because... We went from that toxic situation, the McCarthy, then Rogers, then Rogers going into these retreats and then saying controversial stuff and then throwing his teammates under the bus and then not performing well, which is why they brought Love in in the first place with injuries. And then he starts to perform well in spite of, the you know, and it's just like, can you do this stuff at will or not? Are you doing it to spite people? Is it you? Is it, you know? And what it all comes down to is, is that we've Jordan Love in here now. Uh, we've got rid of that toxicity, you know, and it and it stemmed back to this COVID nonsense and this COVID vaccine and the immunization and the wokeness and the conspiracy theories and all of the politics that just harassed everybody, you know. And there was another appearance on the Weekly McAfee show and it was another controversial statement and it was just naff. And then... You know, the fan base was split over that. And it's usually, you know, and this is, again, I'm speaking of, it hits the, poli the political line and everybody on social media thinks that you're from America and that you're either a Republican or a Democrat based on what you say. And then that got brought into it. And then, you know, after that it was, well, you shouldn't have let Rogers go. And then, well, who was Jordan Love? And then it was people, anti-Rogers, pro-Rogers. It was, you know, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, it was pro-Gudekunst, anti-Gudekunst. It was LaFleur's trash, Barry's trash. This is trash. And it just, it snowballed again and again and again. And it was like, you know, there was people with veins popping out of their heads trying to pick something about how this was garbage. And now we find ourselves in the playoffs 
Jordan Love is playing absolutely out of his mind. He's playing the Matt LaFleur offense. And like I said, it just comes back to that whole narrative of when I put that tweet out about wasting LaFleur's prime. You get some people take it seriously. Some people see the joke in it. Some people see that I'm spinning the narrative of wasting Rogers prime back onto LaFleur. And, and it's very easy to say. And I'm not getting into sort of you know, I told you so stuff because we just don't know. I mean, an awful lot of things go well. I've mentioned it a million times before. You look at the Bears who suck and they had a good season and they put it down to injuries and they put it down to staying healthy and all of that. Now, there's certain markers you look for and if it came out of the blue, that's when you start to get concerned. When you start to do what the Steelers did where you win eight or nine one-score games, you know, you start to sort of question, like, are they eking out the win? It's just stuff going their way. But we can see a linear progression. You know, you can see him starting off and, and trying to take the quick snap and do the sneak, the love push, tush push, and literally falling into his own O-line. You know, and then just the command of the offense that he has. And I'll run down through the plays like I usually do because I think it's it's worth it, you know, and I'm going to hit on the offense more so than anything else. But you see the linear progression. You see the young guy stepping up. You know, on third and long, he went to Romeo Dobbs last night just again and again and again and again. And there was a play where he, it was two massive runs by Aaron Jones. And on the second one, it was a pass, but he audibled out of it. You know, he's the best quarterback rating for a Packers quarterback in history. And he's doing it with Romeo Dobbs, with Dontavian Wicks, with Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Christian Watson, Bo Melton, Jaden Reed. It's really is sensational. And if anything, you know, it Jordan Love has become sort of the anti-Rogers in a way. He's humble, he's transparent, he plays within the system, there's no drama. And he did it in a year that it was completely against all odds. He takes over from an MVP who's been there 15, 16 years. The fan base is divided and we only really see how toxic that is now after it's all, you know, we're moving towards the future. Uh, we've got young wide receivers who are, you know, have all the metrics. But I mean, every team has loads of these players on the roster, but he makes it work. He reads defense. Uh, he's insanely accurate. I mean, that touchdown pass to Romeo Dobbs, there's a quote from Matt LaFleur where he talks about it and says, like, this stuff you just can't coach. And he looks flabbergasted by it. Jordan Lovis had to put up with a struggling defense who have played out of their minds again in the latter half and into the playoffs. Everybody was injured. Left tackle, tight end, wide receiver, running back number one. And he's also in a contract year. So they're going to have to renegotiate his contract and that kid's going to get paid. And... From what I hear from people within the building, uh, from way back when he took over, the overwhelming thing that I heard from them was, and these are people that are close to him, was that I really hope it works out for him because he's just a ridiculously nice guy. He just has it all. And he's the baddest man on the planet. And I said it coming into this game. And I knew there'd be probably some people out there scoffing. And I said, like, he's one of the most dangerous quarterbacks to come up against. And that kind of proves it, that he's after coming out with a damn near perfect quarterback rating. And it would have been perfect had he not had to come back in because of the floor pulled the starters too early. But it's incredible that the stench is gone from this Packers team and that the Packers fans are united. The team are united. The expectation is gone. 
you know, that the Packers somehow owe their quarterback something to try win a Super Bowl before it's too late. The narrative has completely flipped. We've gone from a negative past to an exciting future. And it's so unbelievably satisfying to see. And, you know, I'm very reluctant to sort of, you know, call in the new era and say that this is it and that's the only way up from here and all this type of stuff. We've even seen this year Patrick Mahomes struggling when they took talent away from him. But quite frankly, the, where Gudekunst has this organization is mind-blowing. He's managed to transition from a transition that previously happened between Brett Favre, Taron Rogers, and has went and transitioned then to Jordan Love. And I think a man who's an unsung hero, um, who I'd love to find out more about and his influence on all this is Tom Clements, the quarterback coach. He was the guy who got in with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, tutored him from the start. He's not a young guy. And here's Jordan Love making all the decisions. But one unique talent that you see in Jordan Love is the reset after every play. It's astounding. Absolutely astounding. Now, will Jordan Love stay this way? Uh, only time will tell. Because there's all these stories coming out about how Rodgers was humble and nice and, you know, all this jazz. And, the, you know, there's so much smoke being blown over so many years. And if you play at this MVP superstar level, which Jordan Love is doing, um, well, then it can't help but get to you. But that's where you hope that he stays grounded. Now, there's, you know, everybody changes. And in fact, one of the worst things you can do is not change. So he will change and he will evolve and he will become more confident and he will start chewing people out probably. But, you know, what a person to sit behind in Aaron Rodgers in the sense that Aaron Rodgers was a superhuman talent. There's no doubt about it. But also, it's like, you know, kids that come from parents who don't do it the right way. You know, they, they're not loving enough or not supportive enough. And it's not always the case, but you tend to kind of learn and say, I know it from personal experience, you know, my dad will often say, you know, my dad was a bit of a tough man. And that's why I decided to show you guys more love and affection and all this type. So we learn from it, you know, and that's kind of Bill Barr has a more crass and crude way of sort of talking about it. But to get that from him and also the learning experience, it's the perfect storm. I've said it before with the Packers. We sometimes find ourselves in this perfect storm where you come through this adversity. He has to throw to the young guys. He has to operate within the system because he's too naive and green. You know, the front office know what it's like to have a quarterback that they had in Aaron Rodgers and what they do and don't want and how to handle those situations. And look, the front office are by no means perfect. I mean, there's been criticisms leveled at them from the very beginning of how they handle personnel, how they handle players, um, you know, especially veteran players that you should keep around. But enough of all of that, and it's very hard to sum up just how amazing it feels to be a Packers fan and you know, and even my wife was saying it to me, you know, just the way I was talking about the games again and the way I was referring to it and just, um, it's just, and I think everybody feels it. It's just incredible. And watching that game last night was incredible. Now, I will say we're all absolutely scarred by past playoff performances. And I still found myself unable to relax. And when I started to relax and get into the comedic stuff online, and the memes and the smart arse comments. Not about the Cowboys fans because we keep it classy, right? Um, LaFleur pulls all the starters and we all saw what happened. You know, they started to come back into the game and it was a little bit squeaker than we thought it'd be. There was the onside kick and it bobbles, but then I think it was Musgrave comes down on it. So it was by no means perfect, but um, 
Rob Gardner, if you're listening on Robbo, we were texting just before the game and we were sort of saying like, how great would it be to to drop a 50 burger? In fact, Rob had even said, I'm going to make a prediction that we win the coin toss and we choose to take the ball, get aggressive and go down and get the touchdown. And like Mystic Rob, exactly as it is, as it was. And I said to him, look, you should have predicted a 50 burger. And God damn it, we nearly got there in the end. Can you imagine what the score would have been? Had we left our starters on and done that whole all gas, no break. But again, we saw JJ and Ibarre. Rumor is he's got a torn ACL. I'm not sure if that's been fully announced. Um, but it just goes to show when you leave your starters out there, you always run that risk. But we're after knocking off a team who were averaging 37 points at home. Um, you know, and there was a lot of dysfunction with the Cowboys on the night. And, you know, people are sort of saying, oh, this is what the Cowboys do, which kind of diminishes what the Packers went out and did and the perfect quarterback rating that was Jordan Love's performance. You know, and the defense coming away with it, Jair Alexander getting the pick. Um, You know, it's just... And this is what I was saying kind of on the pre-show podcast. I wouldn't have predicted this performance, but, you know, someone asked me in the group, uh, the Facebook group, if you want to get in, there's a private group there, you know, how do you see this game going? And I was going to type out the message to say, look, you know, the Cowboys haven't lost at home since last season against Tom Brady. Do you remember him? They've been won 16 games on the trot at home. They were obviously perfect in the stretch this season. 37 points. CD Lamb was 1,749 yards before he came in. Dak Prescott was the all the touchdown leader and the MVP candidate. But I wonder, does that swing now? You know, or is the votes have the votes been already cast? I don't know. But it's just. You know, and I was going to drop the comment and say, like, all of these things, but the Packers win by two touchdowns. And I love this stuff as well of, you know, looking at those stats and a neutral or an analyst saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Like, and there's all of these videos and they're great. And as a Packers fan, they're brilliant and they're satisfying to watch where, you know, they're calling out all these pundits and saying how much of an idiot they are. Um, But, you know, as a pundit myself on the radio, it's extremely hard because especially when you're not close to a game, to look at the stats. And even as a Packers fan and a run in the group, you know, I looked at this game and thought like, we're going to win. I mean, we need stuff to really go our way. And we started off aggressive, won the coin toss. And it didn't look great from the start, got run stuffed at the beginning. Then Rashid Walker ended up run stuffing Aaron Jones himself. And then, of course, third down, Dobbs comes down with a massive catch and Love was throwing zingers. Then Aaron Jones comes into his own. Musgrave goes for a first down. Uh, Kraft gets a low catch on third and five it's a penalty on the Cowboys at third and two and then Aaron Jones goes in for his first touchdown at a three just fantastic second possession we punt but again the highlight of that is Dobbs coming down with a pass after Love buys time on third and nine and Dobbs was just a safety valve and in fact we gave away a signed Romeo Dobbs ball uh, in the Raz and it's at just this juncture I say look we see what this Packers team is doing we see the potential for us to... And there's a storyline there about the Niners. You know, Aaron Rodgers couldn't beat them. LaFleur couldn't put a game together. Never had his team up for him. And now the chemistry and dynamic in this team, with no expectation, with no depending on your aged quarterback to sort of, you know, he's been there, done it all, grizzly vet to pull you out of the fire. Uh, Joe Barry is on borrowed time himself. He's playing with house money too. And we're going up against the top seed Niners team in their stadium. And you damn sure think if the game goes anything like it did against the Cowboys is that we exercise our demons. And it's a perfect case because the players are too young 
that they weren't part of those teams that crumbled against the Niners. And you know what they say about you'll never beat the same team over and over and over again and that LaFleur... You know, it's just... The storyline is there to be had. America's game. But back to the game against the Cowboys. You know, Watson comes in on third and one and then Kraft with the completion an absolute dart from Love. And then we see the, the flick of the wrist. Did anybody catch that, the flick of the wrist? From Love, very Aaron Rodgers-like. Third and four, sideline catch by Musgrave. Touchdown, Dontavian Wicks. You know, and off that has to be given credit as well to the offensive line. Zero sacks, which Jordan Love... And you'd look at it and you'd go, so let's have a look at Dak Prescott. Now he's throwing to try, you know, obviously they can't run the ball. They're trying. 41 attempts, 60... Or 60 attempts, 41 completions. Jordan Love, 21 attempts, 16 completions. Only 16 completions. And I don't mean that in a derogatory term. It just seems like he was throwing all over. Like the, you know, the decisions he was making, he was audibling in and out. He had the tight ends there playing lights out. You know, that pass to Musgrave when he went in for the touchdown, just sensational. Aaron Jones averaging 5.6 yards a carry. 21 carries, 118 yards. The longer 27, three touchdowns. You know, and at the end of the game, the sort of ice it, it was two monster runs. One of them that, as I said, you know, that we audible enough. Just unbelievable. The, the last one when the score went up 21-16. You know, the defense was getting stops. Um, Preston Smith with the sack kind of saves LaFleur's skin. But the narrative on this team is unbelievable. And I love that everybody seems to think the same. Is that, you know, has, does the season end against the Niners? Well, then so be it. You know, it's so very stoic or something. Is that, you know, the journey to get here was incredible. And, you know, I feel like in another season, you know, had Rodgers been at the helm and, you know, Jordy Nelson and all this and they're starting to age, you look at it and you go, this might be our last chance. And that's why we saw Gudekunz do that, didn't we? Where he kept going, like, one more year. Let's just kick the can down the road. One more year. And that narrative, again, is it's, it's like looking in a mirror. Maybe that's a bad analogy. It's a mirror image of it. It's a reverse mirror image. You know, it's looking at the last chance. And now it's kind of like, well, we didn't expect to get here, but the future's bright, so we'll get back here again. Is that true? I don't know, but that's what it feels like. You know, when you have a quarterback who's playing lights out, he's the, you know, breakout player of the year per PFF. He's running, winning all these awards, these offensive player of the, the week and all that kind of stuff. I just can't understand how Jordan Love wasn't or isn't in the MVP chatter. And I also don't understand how Matt LaFleur isn't in there for, you know, coach of the year. Don't understand it. And it's really worked to the Packers' favour to fly under the radar like that, you know. But then you sort of think, does that matter at the end of the day? Probably not. But from a, you know, a toxic, divided place to go here, I feel that whenever the season ends, is that we all get to sit back and just marvel at some of those performances. I mean, that performance against the Cowboys counts as foreplay. I mean, if you're trying to get in the mood, stick it on and you'll have absolutely no problems. Absolute walking Viagra. I mean, there's just some plays as well from the defense. You know, and look, I see all of this stuff as well saying, because I released that and sort of said, you know, it feels different, doesn't it? Like everyone's united. And people are like, yeah, well, I still see people calling for Joe Barry's head. And you're like going, yeah, because we saw the season and you can't just write it off based on the performance now. Now, is it a time now to call for Joe Barry's head at the end of the game? No, of course not. 
But you can't let what happened to the Packers in recent history, it's nearly ancient history at this point, of just how bad the defence has been and how we play well in spite of the defence. However, like I've been saying, there's no reason why the defence can't take that step up in the offseason. Because you're playing on borrowed money, the Packers know this, and they can pin their ears back and do stuff that might get them massacred during the season. You know, and you play two deep safeties and you try to keep the play in front of you, which is soft coverage. And, you know, the players are out there fighting for their lives. Um, And credit to Joe Barry for it, because the painful part about it is, is that I've been on the podcast plenty of times and plenty of games where when I look at it objectively, it isn't Joe Barry's fault. Certainly not all the time. But when you play soft coverage or you find that you've linebackers on, you know, first wide receiver, WR1s, you're looking at it going, how did that happen? Now, mismatches happen. But just the brain fart moments and doing the same stuff again and again. But I just love how that isn't the storyline here. We're not talking about paper or papering over the cracks. We're all diehard Packer fans who just want to see this bloody team win. And the storyline for non-Packers fans is incredible. The storyline for journalists writing this, like Matt Schneidman, who isn't a Packers fan, like Jason Wildey, who isn't a Packers fan, they must be salivating here, looking at this. And it's just unbelievable to be a part of it. And it's made all the better from, you know, where we came from to where we are now. And I'm still gobsmacked. And I hope that comes across in the podcast. And I'm not going to weigh people down with too much Aaron Rodgers talk and all that. And I know it's been Aaron Rodgers heavy, but I just think that's why there's just massive release valve on this game. And not only that, but you go down to the number two seed, you knock them off as if they're nothing. You nearly drop a 50-burger on them. You know, you pull your starters in a playoff, wildcard playoff game to rest them to go, I think we can have the Niners here. And of course, this is the soundbite that people lift. And they go, oh, look at you, I thought you could beat the number one seed. I don't see why not. I really don't. You know, looking at this team, looking at the level that Love is operating in. And yes, if they jar us and they do fantastic things and, you know, they get Jordan Love at a rhythm and they smother us and they don't give us space. And there was an awful lot of broken coverage, but that comes down to play design. Look, it's as simple as this. And, it, you know, and this is how it's not a glitch and it's not... Uh, sort of once off is that Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur are running the offense how it is set up to run predicated on the run play action passes deep shots to rip the top off the defense and we've players to do it now with upgraded weapons and we've blooded these guys in Tucker and Musgrave we're doing fantastic things there and now we have a quarterback in Jordan Love who was questioned over his deep balls and everything else and sensational there's one pass that he threw to Bo Melton and it came off the defender's helmet on top of his helmet. And in fact, if you go back and look at that play, if there's one, and there's so much more sensation stuff, there was sidearm throws, no look passes, there was squeezing into a tight spot, there was flick of the wrist, there was throws being done with no feet on the ground, throws being done as he was backpedaling backwards. All of that stuff was fantastic. Go back and look at that play for Bo Melton. He turns around and he could have caught that ball. No um, criticism of Bo Melton here. It was impossible catches. Most catches in the NFL are. But just to see the trajectory of that ball and just how perfectly it was placed is incredible. And of course, you're going to have some lad who's going to be like, oh, it should have been ahead of him, you know, should have had to reach back. But it's fine margins. And I just look back at that play and I thought, you know what? It looked like a bad play initially, but actually spot on. You know, we have a quarterback who's doing that and a quarterback who's, you know, because that's what I loved. And I think it was 
one of the lads texted me and said it that there was an interview with Darnell Sauvage and they asked him, you know, are you putting the league on notice now with this team? And he said, no, not yet. You know, the Packers themselves feel like they haven't reached their potential, which is frightening, really, when you think about it. It's exciting. And you look back at the Aaron Rodgers first years and people are comparing the numbers and Brett Favre's and all this. When you look at the weapons that, you know, Jordan Love has. Now, in hindsight, is it something similar to when Lombardi come in and took over the Packers and he made Hall of Famers out of the whole damn lot of them? You know, maybe there's an element there. But this year is a thing to behold and that game was a thing to behold and I still can't believe my eyes of what I saw. It was one of the most perfect playoff games I've seen and I've obviously been a Packers fan for a long time and there's been some real contenders out there and Aaron Rodgers was a warrior. All that good stuff. All those caveats. But that game there speaks for itself. It'll go down. And look, the Packers, when they play the Cowboys, they played them the most in, in postseason uh, history and that was just another chapter to this book and you know this one is just starting we've turned the new page here and it's just it's unbelievable to be a Packers fan you know anyway I'm gonna go change my pants get onto patreon.com forward slash UK Packers will you because if you want to go over and see Jordan Love for a tenner well then you can get onto the gold tier and what you get for that is is you get into the March draw a giveaway a guaranteed prize as well to make sure that if you are a patron I will get around to you eventually and get that guaranteed prize out to you but also I draw 10 names for a golden ticket and you all go into the draw to win an all expenses paid trip to Lambeau Field that is hotel in London that is um, your obviously your plane tickets it's the transfers from Chicago O'Hare to Green Bay it is the Packers tickets uh, it is the Badgers tickets if there's a Badgers game hopefully um, there is a Hall of Fame tour there's a stadium tour um, all of that's included and you get it for a tenner um, and you can go back and look at the YouTube youtube.com forward slash UK Packers to see how the draw works it's all done live um, and it's just our way of getting the group together because this is what we do it's 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 getting the group together and there's power in numbers getting the group together get you into Patreon and then use that money to import uh, ridiculously expensive signed merch and also the giveaway that all expenses paid trip. It isn't sponsored because I'd have to do that whole caveat of hashtag ads and all this nonsense. It's paid for by us and it's paid for by the Patreon. All right? So the money that we get in, we save it and then we buy trips and we buy merch. So get into it and don't sit on the fence because that draw is done every single month. So if you join it now, you're in the February draw onwards, you could have seven, or I do it in August, you could have seven entries, seven golden tickets which would give you crazy odds to win that trip. And also, you could win yourself a really, really nice signed item along the way. I can't stress enough, but it only works if you join. And you only win if you're in, just like the Packers. But anyway, I've been at the NFL. You've been a fantastic fan base. We've been at UK Packers. And I'll be doing quick snapage for your big package again, this time against the Niners. So do tune in for that. But until then, go Pack Go.